0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: in segment number three of the six rings pod here. If you want to reach out to us, this is the best place to do it at six rings pod on Twitter, six And this is the segment where we touch on some of those interactions at times. But we also have a few of what uh, Fitzy likes to talk about as Potpourri, and the first one I want to get to touches a nerve with me, uh, strikes a chord, because you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, lax dad bro in recent years, coaching boys and girls lacrosse. And Paul Rabel, friend of Bill Belichick, was on a recent uh, podcast declaring that he would not be surprised, by the way, take snake Paul Rabel, I said this more than 10 years ago, that Bill Belichick's career as a coach could end with him coaching a lacrosse team. Before we get reaction from the boys, I want to throw one more snippet out there. Mm -hmm. I don't think Paul Rabel would ever say this. I would actually be stunned if Bill Belichick is not a, would it it be called like a ghost investor in the PLL? I think Bill Belichick is probably involved in the PLL financially.
2: I believe that either ghost investor or angel, angel share, angel, whatever they call it like that.
1: Yeah, that he, I mean, he's got the money. Yeah, he definitely has lacrosse. He loves Rabel. They're boys like the The way he speaks
2: of lacrosse. He almost now I feel like Bill Belichick has said everything he wants to say about the game of football. He's coached Lawrence Taylor and he's coached Tom Brady. He's legitimately coached the best player on either side of the football. He's almost in the once I get this team up and running again uh, so I can help restart competitive relevance and consistency for the next decade. He's almost in the nothing left to prove except maybe chase Shula portion of his career versus lacrosse. That would almost feel like a new challenge to him. So that's why I don't think this should just be dismissed as off season Pat's potpourri or June podcast fodder.
3: Yeah. I mean, the man loves to coach, right? That's clearly indicative of the he- career. Yeah. He he has always loved that. And we have always known he loves lacrosse. He, 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 had, he made, Chris Hogan, former lacrosse player at Monmouth. Everybody knew that. And like at the same time, he always, he, there's multiple, multiple, multiple pictures of Bill Belichick every year that circulate on social media of him holding a lacrosse stick. He's oh, yeah. at a lacrosse game. The guy just loves the sport. So to think that he would go and either be like a shadow investor and, or, like an owner or have any kind of front office role somewhere about, for some what, PLL team. But what about I,
1: on field? So let's I say don't, don't think the so. Patriots. I Whatever, think a few he, more years and now, I he's like 74, 75. Is he on a PLL sideline? No,
3: I, I think if he's done coaching football, I think he's done coaching. Period. What about I think, at high school? Hmm. No, I don't think he would. I don't think he would go to the high school. I don't think he would coach again. It, it's kind of where would, I'm at.
1: I think he would consider it. I stole that one from old friend, Brian Morey, former uh, boss uh. at Patriots.com was also ran the uh, hall at Patriot place for a while. Uh, now actually is in teaching himself would not stun me if bill did something like that like even forget that i coach in a league that has nantucket among the youth programs i think he will do something with lacrosse when he's done maybe a grandkid if it coincides timeline oh, that's fair i guess if, they, if they, all of a sudden the, the u11 or u9 team of nantucket is coached by bill i i think he will get involved and it was funny hearing very uh I almost called him Vrabel, Rabel, Paul mm-hmm. Rabel, not Mike Vrabel, two very different guys, uh, talking about he remembered when Bill came to Johns Hopkins when he was still in college, Rabel, and came in the, the locker room and was, to quote him, MFing us left and right about lacrosse and the way we were playing. And you were like, even though you weren't really sure you should, you were like, taking it like it was like your coach was mfing you like and it was bill belichick and so he just has that that knowledge that air that coaching ability i love the idea it's why i came up with it first over a decade
2: ago and who best to get mf'd by out of the blue than bill belichick like if you could get mf'd by anybody maybe sam jackson maybe bill belichick anyone else who would you most like would be one of mine yeah, but I mean, that's like the problem, ultimate football yes, I, hardo yeah. answer. Yes, having uh, Dante
1: Scarnecchia like tear you down and rip you a new one. All right, because nobody can mind f you like Dante Scarnecchia. He is mm-hmm. a mind effer of Hall of Fame proportions, and and an artist mm-hmm. with f bombs,
2: and I, a, a, quite quite an quite a leader of men and a militaristic uh, teacher. I
3: actually enjoy uh, like yelling at myself when I play golf. So I would love like. <laughs> Tiger or like Bryson or Brooks Kepka or somebody to just MF the Ooh, hell out of me. Bryson, while I'm I golf. bet would
1: be good. Bryson's a good one there.
3: Like like what the hell are you doing, you piece yep. of bleep? Like, like, come on, hold your club angle, like figure it out. Like I I would love to have someone sit in the golf cart, drive me around and just MF me while I play. That
2: I, I be- part of me almost kind of wants like to be at home plate and just have like whether it's Sparky Lyle or or uh you know maybe jim vintage jim leland with a butt hanging out of his mouth or (laughs) earl earl weaver or billy martin i would just love a good old-fashioned mfing from a uh an iconic 70s, like 80s baseball right in my face. Yeah, just, right uh, nose to nose.
3: All you can smell
2: it'll is put, tobacco. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yes, the COVID just, era in full smoke effect. Smoke just right in your mouth. I want all of just nothing but just like steak, bad decisions and carcinogens just all <laughs> just just
1: tearing me in half. Okay. So Fitzy, I have another, uh, this made the way across, I believe Mike Giardi's Twitter feed and we'll have Mike Giardi on the podcast in the coming weeks to see if he can get better uh, downloads than Paul Perillo. It's a challenge that goes way back to again. the old podcast. Um, That's
2: so he great tweeted
1: great out job. the cash spending list in the national football league for the year 2022. Let me no guess history, top of the list. New England. Nope. Can't even nope. get through it. Bottom five, mm-hmm. your new England Patriots and I think some people got a little pissy or how do you feel? Whatever. To me, it's just logical. They spent oh. through their bunghole last year. They're going to spend wow. through their blowhole next year. Oh, the year oh. in the middle, they taint going to spend a lot of money because they can't. Oh, Andy, my goodness. Way gracious. too
3: many sexual references. Well, a a, lot lot a bunghole a is
1: on a barrel of liquor.
3: Uh,
2: that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Which is what makes my favorite liquor store on planet earth in Salem, Massachusetts, Fitzy's yep. bunghole, an absolute, did you know that exists? like it's
3: yeah,
1: a regional treasure? Liquors. Did Ooh, you know
3: that that exists? Salem. I did. That... I didn't know that existed. But did you know Salem at one point had a town witch?
1: Which witch was that?
3: Uh, her name was Laurie Cabot. She like had like an award. She taught at Harvard. It's a whole thing.
1: And now wow. Aaron Rodgers is dating a witch. He is. Oh, You didn't know that? Who's no, I did now? not. No, literally a woman who like it, like. You know how he went through that whole weird cleanse and that whole like off the reservation or on the reserve, whatever thing he he's dating a witch.
2: Does this come as any surprise? It's the least surprising, least surprising thing you could have possibly told me. Coming off of him breaking up with an actress who had them eating clay and who led him to a 12 day detox where he ate clarified butter for three days and then like, you know sent projectile refuse from every north mouth and south mouth on his body now that he's dating a witch in no way shape or form does that surprise me
3: well apparently his rumored girlfriend blue that her name is blue uh denies yes she did i mean what
2: it re- really, I mean, we you might even like Andy. That's te- Andy. Technically, that's a yellow card. Like so one more, and you're out blue, for a
3: That's a technical. Yeah, that's a
2: technical a t- foul. You
1: just got teed up. Yeah,
2: you got called for uh foul mouth targeting
1: on that one. Um, God. but yeah, like so made a doka last night, uh, did any, any concern or like, did that's uh, fitzy? You're our uh, connection with the super fan dinks that get emotional over things. They shouldn't, you could have um, just said super fans. You didn't have to call the people to listen to this podcast dinks, but okay. No, they're not all dinks. I love many of them. And most of them, um, any, did it strike a nerve? Like, Oh, the Patriots are bottom five in cash spending. Why don't we have a number one receiver? Why don't we have a number one corner?
2: Didn't even resonate. Didn't uh, no mentions, no fury. No uh, pounding, n- nobody like you know banging on the tables. Uh, oh no, I can't believe this. What are we doing? No, not at all. I okay. think by I think by and large, right now, the mood of most Patriots fans, uh, many of which have been locked in on these Celtics NBA Finals run. Not to say that all Pats fans are Celtics fans or vice versa, but I think most of them are in wait and see mode. Many of which in that bracket probably a bit more optimistic on the way the team is going to go because, you know, there's still a large portion of the fan base that's in Bill We Trust, Andy.
1: Fitzy, uh, actually, this one goes for Shime um, because he's a noted um, expert, I guess, on this guy, hater. Absolutely. Depending on how you want to put it. Uh, ESPN put out a, uh, a list where they did one of those things where, like, unnamed GMs and unnamed personnel people and unnamed this and that put together a ranking of the second-year quarterbacks and how they expect them to succeed in their second season 2022. Trevor Lawrence was atop the list, much like he was atop the list when they drafted quarterbacks. A year ago, Mac Jones came in second, which for him is obviously moving up from the number five spot on the list of drafted quarterbacks. Do you agree with Mac being the second rated year two quarterback? Do you agree with the idea that trevor lawrence is still good and maybe now that he got run, rid of the clown show bro coach and and there's some stability to that organization is he going to live up to his hype what do you think of those rankings
3: uh so I, I i 100% agree i think trevor lawrence should be number 1 i think trevor lawrence had the quietest actually pretty good season anyone's ever seen ever um because whoever's yeah right the, the he was involved That's in the, the biggest bleep show cluster bleep of an organization I've ever seen. We call it a fuster cluck where I'm from. still, when you, when you go back and actually watch how he played, he was fantastic. When they had the lead, he only threw one interception granted. They didn't have the lead off. When did they have the
1: lead of the three times they had the lead last season?
3: So no, no, no. So in, so when they had the lead, I'm awesome. When I
1: lead the Boston marathon,
3: when they had the lead, he had about 170 pass attempts which is, it's like a, it's a smaller sample size, but a decent Not enough. Terrible. That's a pretty okay. decent, only, decent only had one interception in 170 pass attempts okay. when they had the okay. lead. So okay. like, I think, I think when you dive deeper into Trevor Lawrence's game last year, I think he was better than people give him credit for. So I think him being number one now in a stable, more stable situation with Doug Peterson there, a little bit more help on the offense. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence should have a massive year to jump. And now, like, the real question should see is exactly what they saw. Now, Andy, is
2: this sort of, uh, I don't disagree with anything that you just put forth there, shine, but Andy, is this, who will have the best sophomore season or who after two years total, would we say is the best from that class? Cause there is slight, those are slightly different scales upon which So I'm
3: going uh, the way I'm approaching it is best sophomore season. Okay. And if that's the case, I would have Mac Jones third. I, oh, who would you have second? I think Trey Lance is going to have a big year. Whoa. I, have, I, was, I, was a, I was a massive Trey Lance guy years I'll ago take alert. prior to the draft. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get cut before the season even starts. Yeah.
1: Unless you want to have Shanahan's love child.
3: And I think Trey Lance... Is going to have a good year. I oh, think you're
0: so
1: good, Shanahan, a rookie well, no, quarterback. I, I, of I also think I think between uh, having uh, right, uh,
3: between uh, having Shanahan and the talent he has around him is just better than the other quarterbacks on the list.
2: All right. Well, I took the time to power rank out, if you will, the six quarterbacks mentioned and said anonymous talent scout, GM exec Jeremy Fowler tweet. I have them ranked at. Number six, Justin Fields. Chicago is doing this guy every kind of dirty with the, quote, talent they have surrounded him with. 100%. Number right. five, Davis Mills. Not that he's going to look bad. Again, he's just in a team that is bereft of the kind of talent you would need to make a significant year two leap. But Mechanek is not a bad quarterback. Number four, Trey Lance. There will be wow, and there will be flash plays galore, but I think the tight, 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 tight the kind of, like, leash that Andy has put on him in his BDSM sessions. Like, it's going to be, like, really tight that Kyle Shanahan's going to run him by this year.
3: Yeah, I
2: disagree. See, I, okay, well, that we can agree to disagree. Maybe that's the name of the segment in Potpourri. Number three, the guy that has the most room to move on this, he could end up finishing first overall, or he could make his way down the bottom. Big old Quadzilla, Zach Wilson. I got him finished in third because the Jets have done a good job, both killing the draft and surrounding him with some talent. We'll see if he makes good on it. Are they going to unleash him, Andy, or will they try to keep a tighter reins on him? Number two, Trevor Lawrence pushing number one, Mac Jones. <laughs> that was Shocker. so predictable. My,
3: so my thing with Zach Wilson. But why can't is he though? Like, just... Even
2: if it's predictable, even if it's predictable from Mr. Patriot of uh, the Foxborough fanboy, why don't scoff like that? You we we have to like. There's a chance Mac Jones could finish number one. Legit. Yeah, uh, sure.
3: There, there's there's the chance that he's been the
1: the three ring circus of coaching that Trevor Lawrence was last year. And good, because go. I'm in the three rings of hell here. So that's
3: so. And so I would just say this on Zach Wilson too. I don't have like any faith in Zach Wilson. Uh, I just I, I didn't see it last year. I like going back and watching some of the stuff. Like the kid has some arm talent, but just the decision making. Just I didn't I didn't really like what I saw. So even with the talent, to be honest, I think they're going to come to the decision he's not the guy. So that's just kind of where I have stood on Zach Wilson at this
1: point. The one thing I'll say about Trey Lance who would be Shime's guy Mm -hmm. and Zach Wilson, who's a little bit Fitzy's guy, a little higher than Trey Lance is um, rumblings, reports, rumors out of both places have been pretty negative. Um, There's been a lot of talk that Trey Lance is really inaccurate. Guys get frustrated and there's been a lot of inaccuracies with Zach Wilson in, in there's been a focus on a, his quads and B like Robert Sala said, he's loud and he's, he's, got conviction and he's confident leading the huddle and then you're like yeah but the ball never goes where it's supposed to it's like all over the field so i think both of those guys could be in tough for tough years actually
2: and zach wilson was at his best at byu when he was playing off script and off platform like on the run against his body like make lower i know making mahomesian type plays against like z league defense yes i understand now all of a sudden it's a hell of a different ball game going up against the pros so are they that's why I'm that's why I'm just sort of putting this out there and we can obviously we have plenty of time this summer. Hopefully we can have a good Jets guest on before the season kicks off. Uh, are they going to try to keep the reins on him tighter and make him play like an NFL quarterback? or Are they going to say like we gave you enough talent effort
1: like we're just going to have to let you, you know, hang him high and let him fly. And last but not least in our little potpourri segment here. There was a, another tiering by the 33rd team of a position or an area of teams. We got into a big argument when we talked about the uh, talent of pass catchers. The Patriots had tier seven, the pass rushers for the Patriots, a little bit higher on the list, tier five for Ooh. Matt Judon and whoever else. I think they put Dietrich Wise like to me, it's like Matt Judon and, and nobody else. Uh, I actually think they could be a little lower based on the fact that I'm not sure who the second best pass rusher is. Might be Christian Barmore, in my opinion. They didn't include him. Yeah, because Quinn
2: and Williams and other defensive linemen were included. It wasn't just outside linebackers or edge guys. So that's that's a very good point, Andy. Like on on a bunch of teams in these rankings, it is D linemen and OLBs
1: or edge guys, not just two edge dudes. So maybe if Christian Barmore has a breakout year, they deserve to be higher than tier five. If not, they may deserve... If your second-best pass rusher is like Josh Uche, the big piece of the puzzle, maybe you deserve to be lower than Tier 5. And I would also say, are we going to get a full season or a partial season out of Matt Judon? Is he going to be yeah. a great player for you know, 15, 16 weeks, or is it going to peter out again as it did last year?
3: Yeah, based on what we saw last year, I think Tier 5 is relatively fair, maybe even a smidge high. But yeah. I, I, I think there's either... A room for a little growth there to to move up. But I also think there's a possibility that you drop to the bottom of the barrel.
2: Yeah, you could I could see them moving up because, you know, tier four with Frank Clark and Chris Jones, like they're getting a little long in the tooth. And maybe it's time for a little youth on the defensive front for Kansas City. Uh, Ravens are pretty good Vikings. Okay. You know, like some that uh, again, Andy, to the point before, like Leonard Williams, that's a down lineman for the giants in mm-hmm. the, in tier four. So if Barmore does make a leap this year and Uche delivers on any of the promise and potential he has, they could maybe make their way up. But if Barmore's stuck trying to stop the run, Uche doesn't pan out and it's Judon plus again, that could
1: see them at five or even dropping. And remember this spring when Barmore spoke after one of the OTA sessions his focus was finish the quarterback to steal a mortal combat uh, reference here so flawless uh, flawless it, podcast if <laughs> if he is doing that then i think they will move up and we'll see about Matt Judon but that's going to wrap up another scintillating i guess i'll say it i'll sell it i'll pretend it scintillating action-packed there was a lot in there if you listen to the full three segments of the six rings pod if you want to join us at six rings pod on twitter six rings pod at gmail.com before we go we need to end on a little bit of a sad note uh bears nigerian who uh many of you know as bill belichick's right hand man however you want to phrase it does a lot behind the scenes for bill belichick is a key cog in the world of the patriots over the last two decades unfortunately lost his wife to cancer this past week uh very young they have children this is a a, not only a sad story i know for a lot of us in this age bracket is basically a nightmare a a nightmare of now a single father raising children and just a sad sad story fitzy it's very very sad when you consider how integral he has been
2: to The day-to-day operations of the Patriots, Bill Belichick's doings and musings, as well as the success of the organization for decades, Andy. And just on a human level, um, yeah, you lose your partner, your confidant, your best friend, your wife, and the mother of your children. It is absolutely tragic. Uh, Legacy.com, as published in the Boston Globe, is the obituary of Regina Najarian. If you're interested, there's information there. Where you could make a donation, uh, what you could do in lieu of flowers if anyone in Pat's Nation would like to reach out. We'll make sure we put this link in the link in bio on our Twitter page as well. And should you happen to listen to the podcast before the celebration of life, it is scheduled for 1 p.m. at Gillette Stadium
1: on Wednesday, the 15th of June. And as always, I know this has been uh, sort of hijacked by the Twitter world. But legitimately, thoughts and prayers to the Nigerian family, the kids, bears, as they uh, they proceed in a life that um, is going to be challenging in ways that that none of us can truly understand. So uh, hopefully they uh, they get through this tough time and uh, fight through the other side. That's going to put a wrap on this uh, Six Rings pod for Chris Scheim, for Nick Fitzy Stevens. I'm Andy Hart. We will talk to you again later in the week.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye.